podcast everybody thanks for listening i'm don i'm jeff and i'm jerry this is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things not just atheism we will challenge your assumptions and ours too definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir but if you want to listen be my guest (laughs) but to critique ridicule and poke fun at anyone especially ourselves so join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective And remember, don't believe everything you hear on this podcast, or anywhere else for that matter, until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, 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 go go that shit! Ooh. That's a good, that was a loud one. That That was. Yeah, there's something special going on over there. And what would be special about this episode? The Big 5-0. That's right. Time for this episode to get a colonoscopy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for reminding me, Jerry. looks thick and dark. What are you pouring over there? I am pouring a left-hand brewing, hard-wired nitro coffee porter. Nitro. uh, I was talking to one of my sons on the way over, and I said I had to go in because it was time to pod. And he's like, it's not Thursday. Yeah. And... Said we gotta, we gotta, I'll observe we it. gotta go. You gotta go right, yeah. to college. <laughs> Nothing gets by um, that guy. <laughs> and he goes, "What kind of?" He goes, "What beer are you drinking?" And I said, oh, "Funny you should mention that." And I read that off, and I said, "It's super smooth with chocolate malt, coffee, and toffee notes." And he scoffed because that's what kids that age do. Yeah. And he goes, "That sounds so you." Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, it is. That thing yeah, looked like is. a yoo-hoo when you were pouring it. This would be rabbit hole number one. Uh-oh. But I would totally drink an alcoholic Yoohoo. Oh, yeah. Big time. Okay. I wonder how Yoohoo mixes with vodka. You know, that would be an interesting project right there. Sounds like somebody is drawing a line in the sand. For you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thrown down the not, gauntlet. Not a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what, what special beer did you bring for our 50th episode, yeah. Dan? Okay, well, Jeff? I, will, I will make the tie-in here. So I went dark <laughs> as well. Because once you turn 50, you're over that hill. I mean, you know. Well, once you're over the hill, you pick up speed. So You really, you really, you really yeah. think yeah. that 50 was, was when you was you went over the hill? <laughs> I hope that's the case because then you're going to be 100. Yeah. Well, well, okay. But I'm saying you. my grandmother lived to be 103. So, oh, wow. You know, so 50 was kind of the halfway wow. point for her. in the family. Of course, everybody else died off early. But, <laughs> but if I have her genes, I'm, I might do it. So yeah, I mean I, I, that was one. That was kind of my hardest years to turn was fifty, I think, because you kind of knew that, you know, at forty, you know, you, you still had a lot of years left in you. And forty was tough for me. Thirty, hmm. thirty was fine. I didn't have a problem with thirty at all. I, I kind of felt like I kind of fucked up my twenties. I felt, I felt was more really like to, an, an adult, ready to reboot. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thirty, thirties wasn't bad at all. I was actually kind of looking forward to the thirty. Uh, forty. The forty kind of yeah, that one kind of hit me. I think it was the fact that I remember. 
like when my parents turned 40, the Lordy Lordy, look who's 40, and the big, the big black 40 in the yard, and the, the, uh, the, the, the dead, coffin, yeah, the dead yeah. flower arrangements, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm now at that point. 50, it kind of, it was just a number. It, it kind of flew by. I didn't, it didn't really, other than getting AARP mail, all of a sudden. And the discount. Yes. You get the discount, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, I, I did, I never. Oh, hold on, hold on, before you get. Oh, yes. I went light on mine. Um, actually bought this a while back with the 50th in mind. Um, it's like a wine that has a jacket. It has a burlap yeah, sack. Yeah, like a potato sack. The whole bottle is wrapped in a burlap sack, and the label at the top holds it all in place. I think I'm going to keep this bottle. I think we should put some ashes on there, so it'd be ashes and sackcloth. There we go. I have... I'm going to let that one go. I, I have absolutely no idea how to, how to pronounce this. I'm looking forward to this already. It's E-Y-Z-A-G-U-I-R-R-E. Go for it. Isaguri? <laughs> I mean, I know that's completely wrong. It's a product of Chile, oh. 2016. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's actually a little lighter. That I've looks mentioned down here to me. a number of times. I like the really dark, dark red wines and red blends. This one you can almost see through, but oh, uh, it's very, it's very good. And uh, but yeah, the bottle kind of drew me in when I saw it. I said, I think that this is going to be the one I open. On so the it looks like Easy Aguirre. Yeah. Because it's spelled like Mark Aguirre, the basketball yeah. player. Yeah. But uh, in Spanish, I believe you pronounce it Aguirre. Ah, so it would yeah. be Izaguirre. Izaguirre. That would go. be, and I'm obviously, that is not my native tongue. So <laughs> just, one of our listeners <laughs> will tell us how yeah. that's pronounced. Yeah. If, if, if you're familiar with this wine, shoot us a pronunciation for it. So the zero years did not hit me. 30, 40, 40 50. And I probably, I think I've mentioned this because 50 shows, you know, nothing on this podcast is new. So I'm going to say this again. It's the six years. The six. Always messed me up. Oh, you're closer to that next zero yes. than you are to the, the other 26, zero. 36, especially 26, was like... You're in your late on, 20s. You're on, yeah. the, you're on, the, you're on the dark side of the decade. And I could see... Your 30. age is no longer an excuse. And <laughs> <laughs> You're 26 now, son. Time, time to, time to <laughs> time start to get your shit right, together. Right, pretty much. <laughs> but 36, it's like, and it, you know, maybe it just huh. hit me earlier. It's like, fuck, I'm almost 40. Yeah. And obviously it's a long way away. But you're on the dark side of the decade. Yeah. So by the yeah. time I got there, I was just like, okay, because I've, I've been dwelling on it for 40 yeah. years. But, but I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I kind of remember that kind of thing too. But it wasn't real seriously messing me up. It was when I turned the age. Yeah, well, like you say, when you're 26, you're dreading 30. But when you hit 30, it's like I'm there now. Yeah, this is just, that's it. So yeah, it was. Like it was I, I had already guess I'd kind of resigned myself to it. Oh, okay. So, so by the time a, I hit there, it's like oh, you know, you've been finally. thinking about now, it first. Now it's fresh. Four years. Now I'm young. Now I'm a young. I'm a young. Start over. Of the decade. Yeah. Reset. Yeah. Right. Reset yeah, button. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Early fifties. <laughs> you went on a little trip here recently. We we got a cheap flight to London. Still, we got back late last night. I'm slightly jet lagged. Um, so, <laughs> did one you you didn't work today? Relative, I did. Oh shit! Oh, I did. Ooh. Not only did I work today, but I was in class all day, and I had to catch up with everything that I was oh done. So, God. or <sighs> that I'd missed. So, it's been a busy twenty four hours. Oh, I bet. If you ever go pretty much anywhere in Europe, what's the main thing to see in every city? The big church. 
and in most cases, would it be Catholic? Not, not necessarily be Anglican, there, Anglican right? in, in, in Britain, but yeah, I guess that would be St. Paul's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is and uh, and Westminster. Yep. Did not go to either. And first time going to a, to a big European city, and not going to the big church. Not out of any like I'm an atheist man. Yeah, I'm not going to fuck that church. Yeah. <laughs> go out there wear my godless heathen shirt. <laughs> well, you did. You did send a picture back from a church you went to. Though. I. I it was, I guess, unavoidable. So you're gonna you're gonna step into a church, an, an old church, pretty much anywhere you go in Europe. And I kind of wanted to go to St. Paul's because it is pretty impressive. We weren't staying too far from it, and I was walking to get my morning coffee, and you could see it like towering over these oh, apartment yeah. co- apartment yeah. buildings. I was like, wow, that's that's a pretty cool image. And every time you go into one of these old churches, particularly the giant iconic ones, it's like, wow. Well, pretty impressive yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah never has it made me get, rethink the choices in my life <laughs> maybe i should maybe i should go back look how impressive this is yeah you kind of hit me when you said that picture is you know we think about you know we live over here and we think oh that's an old building it's it's 150 years old yeah you know, oh. that church was from the 1200s or something like that it's there an 800 a, year old church went to oxford and wandered around the town you know gawking at super old you know exclusive college kind of you know cool architecture great little day trip and wandered into the like official church there's been a church on that site since 1200 wow and that's a freaking long time i know that's crazy that's that's mind-boggling when you think about it because like i said we you know we think about like the liberty bell that's like 200 almost 250 years old and then england's like no that's cute right (laughs) pretty much and then just happened to wander into this chapel it wasn't very big but it had some like striking artwork and i don't know jeff if those were the saints oh there was a lot of them those little statues it was a catholic church it was an anglican church anglican still kind of maybe it was catholic at a time yeah yeah it's true (laughs) yeah but anglican they still have their well and so does lutheran have their saints Saints. oh okay so they didn't give up that part do they have the statues like are they are they allowed to? That, they call, I, they call uh, them figurines. <laughs> do they not? <laughs> well, I mean, I know they. You know do. what? You could have said yeah. that. I totally would yeah. believe. Oh, you. really? Lutheran, calling, calling, Lutheran figurines. Oh, cool. Figurines. Yeah. Yeah. Next yeah. time you're over in England, check out the figurines. Pretty cool. Figurine check out the room. statue. <laughs> <laughs> he must be Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think some of the churches here do that in the stained glass windows. They'll have the different saints in there. Oh, and by the way, that was actually the most stunning part of that church from that had been on that site since the 1200s was an enormous stained glass. Really impressive. I wonder if that's original or if any of that had to be replaced after the bombing raids of World War II and, you know, that kind of stuff. One place in London we were going to go to, the oldest church in London, was bombed. By a zeppelin in World War One. Oh, um, we didn't. We didn't make it to it, but they've seen some troubles. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it was like bombed. It was like, oh, I got hit in World War Two, and she's like, no, it was a zeppelin. I'm like, Whoa. was it like hand lobbed over the? Pro- yeah, probably not yeah. much bombed more technical than that. Yeah, wouldn't that be the same type of flammable gas that oh, like exploded yeah. the Heidelberg? Yeah. So I would feel not so comfortable. If I was a, a bombardier you know, a bomb- of a Zeppelin, yeah. <laughs> and you're right in the fuse. <laughs> but not, and not, but like, somebody should be able to shoot a bullet. Yeah. 
Like when you return from a bombing raid, they're shocked. <laughs> what are you doing, what are you doing back here? <laughs> well, you don't have to go again. But, you know, one thing I remember when uh, we were in Europe and saw some of these, you know, really old and definitely intricate churches and all that, all the statues and all that. So I thought about all the slave labor that went into well, constructing them. Not just that. I mean, that's a big part of it. But you know, how much money did they spend building this that was, you know, taken away from the peasants? Yeah. Uh, you know that they had to open up to the coffers. You know, do the indulgences. I hate to I hate to inform you of this, but uh, hippie Jesus wasn't a thing back then either. No, I know, I know that was a power like, thing. Yeah. It, it just 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 a, yeah. just a little. <laughs> so some things never changed. And, and basically, and it that was literally, especially the Catholic Church. They were capital T, capital M, the man. Yeah, yeah, and capitalist. Uh, they would not say that, but yeah, they did tend to... They made some money. So. Yeah, well, they, you can't build these grand cathedrals to yourself without a lot of cash. Right, right. So they squeeze it out of the peasants. So, yeah, I mean, so I had kind of mixed feelings about it. Let alone, it's like, you know, the, the an atheist going in a church kind of thing by itself was kind of interesting, but, but still did interesting you, did you, ar- architecture, though. That's kind of why... Why I would go. Mm-hmm. It's just like... The history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a big fan of God, but I love the flying buttress. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> we went to... We we got another cheap flight last year about the same time. Went to Paris. Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry. Notre Dame. Before Dame. it burned. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now you're glad exactly. you did. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, we saw it before they rebuilt it. Yeah. yeah. And... It's been on there for a few hundred years, so yeah. you know it's probably had a few fires and definitely probably a few bombs yeah. nearby. But it's impressive, and I I am totally able to separate the air quotes meaning from the actual structure. You right, walk into right. the structure and you just look it up and you're like, wow. St. Peter's in Vatican City oh, is the that, most yeah. overwhelming experience from a pure art and grandeur and stone and painting and 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 gold. Just that is harder for me to separate. That I have a far less patience for the meaning behind it. Yeah. Because it is just so ornate, so over the top, so everywhere that after an hour of looking at priceless artifacts and paintings it's just I'm tapped out yeah. mentally. Yeah. And it's like, I can't separate it anymore. I had enough. Well, and the amount of power that has come out of that place, too. You know, Definitely. Coercion and you name it. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be kind of a, uh, a strange feeling, especially as a former Catholic, to go there. and. Uh, definitely. Yeah. But if you ever go to Vatican City, check it out. Which you should. Yeah. Um, Is it free sh- to get in? You know, it used to be. I'm not sure. I think they charge not just for the up to not just for the upkeep, but to keep hordes and hordes out. Yeah, like like just about every keep the building out. in Oxford charged you two or three pounds to walk around because it's still an operating college and there's a lot of tourists there. And we went on a Monday. Yeah, and there and were a yeah. lot. There were a lot of tourists there. There's like 50 different college buildings. You're not going to go to them all. So to keep everybody out, they charge you two or three bucks because you're like, they're not going to spend two or three, sorry, two or three pounds at every one of them. Right. We'll keep 
We'll keep people out that way, and it's not that elitist. No. You know, you don't want to pay the three pounds? Come on. Yeah. You know, it took you 20 pounds to get here from London. You could yeah. pay, t- you know, a couple of pounds for the effort. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, they got to pay. You guys are using their facilities, I'm sure, at some point during your tour. So, you know, they got to pay for upkeep on that stuff. And there's probably a lot of upkeep on, you know, hundreds of year old buildings. Yeah. But if you go to Vatican City, and you should, everyone should, you should climb to the top of... The dome. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Huh. Yeah, you have to pay for that. Yeah. And you have to pay extra to take the elevator, but you shouldn't take the elevator. You should walk. Okay. You should walk because you're walking on the inside of the dome. And, you know, by the time you're going towards the top, you're kind of contorted because the dome is oh, kind of wow. over oh, your head. Oh, cool. And it's this really skinny scare- staircase, and it makes you feel like you're in the historical yeah. building that you're in. And then when you get on, when you get out, and there's this observation area, you have an awesome view of Vatican City in Rome. Plus, hmm. you're on Michelangelo's, one of his greatest creations, huh. and you're sightseeing. So that is super cool, and you can totally separate the Catholic from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're yeah. thinking, you know, Michelangelo walked on these steps a long time ago. long time ago. He designed this. Wow. So, that's my European church review. <laughs> <laughs> On to the atheism. Yes. Well, while you were gone, or actually, like, I think right before you left. Yeah, nothing happened. No, yeah, nothing. The, Absolutely. You were gone. Yeah, just yeah. boring as hell on the news. And <laughs> fall. Fall. Fall happened. That's what happened while you no, were gone. It did not. Well, well it did on the calendar. It did not. On the calendar, it did So it. when I left, I was thrilled, like thrilled to go, not just because I, you know, I was thinking it was going to be a good vacation, but it had been 90 plus degrees for two plus weeks yep. before I left. I'm like, yes, it's going to be 70. I don't care if it rains. It's going to be it's gonna 70. And came back, and I don't know why I, th- I thought, you know, like the world would change in the five days yeah. I was Come back, all the leaves have changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 75 degrees. <laughs> like, on pumpkin spice as some, far as the eye can see. <laughs> <want> apple cider. <laughs> and it's going to be 90 every freaking yeah. day. Yeah. Yep. It's it's cool in the morning now. It's like since Monday. It's had a little, little well, coolness actually, in the morning. Yeah, a couple but of, still, it by just... By the way, it's the old the, guy's yeah. weather report. Yeah, yeah by, the, the, by the time the sun comes up, man, it's... <laughs> there's yeah. a tie-in, folks. Stick Absolutely. with us. But, uh, yeah, there's a, a very interesting article came out, like, I think, literally the day you left or the day before you left on uh, 538.com that I... Really took to heart and really enjoyed, it. and then and then Jeff I threw shit a, on it. Yeah, yeah, he shit on it, threw a glass of cold water on it. You did, kind of, but, as, as but he has well got good points. Uh, I mi- I missed that because I probably didn't have access. Well, I didn't yeah. have a computer. Didn't didn't have great phone service. I would love to know. So the the title of the article is the Christian right is helping drive liberals away from religion. And what. Is from a, from I, a I, title I, standpoint? Immediately, right. I was like, high five. Like, yeah, yeah that yeah. is a win right there. Yeah. And Jeff playing the contrarian role. Well, okay, so as we talked about last time, when were we talking about the podcast with um, uh, the unbelievable podcast? With the that, was, two, that would be the, that would that be was, the one episode that you 49. haven't listened to. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> episode 49, which was, and maybe you didn't listen to it because it was your story. Yeah. Okay, that recall. was the intro to it. Okay, now, yeah. now it's coming now back. Now you remember. Now, well, yes. you know. now I remember. It was the podcast that was all about yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> 
a long time right now. One of these days he's going to go, I listen to this really interesting podcast. And I was like, that's your podcast, dude. like us. You guys got to listen to this. It's good. It's really good. So anyway, that's kind of what I'm taking about this is just because they're walking away from organized religion doesn't mean they're going to walk away from Christianity or some... You mean they're not running to skeptics in the pub? I'm not I'm not seeing it in huge numbers. Some of them, obviously, are, they're falling into the woo. And some of them may just walk away from church, but not necessarily religious Well, not beliefs. just that, but may not join the church. I remember going through that stage as part of my exit, too, is like, if we ever go to another church, we're not going to join it. Okay, so I got you. you're not going to show up in the numbers, but yeah. it's like, you know, we're kind of giving a... And then again, you got the same thing. You got the you got the the guy that that goes to to midnight mass once a year, and considers himself a Catholic. If he filled out a survey, he'd check that box. But that, even though he attends he would, maybe right, once, it a, doesn't you know, matter. He's Christmas Catholic. Yeah, exactly. but he would still he would AKA Catholic. He yeah. wouldn't on the survey say he's walked away from religion. No, he would still consider no. himself. If you go to church once a year, you're still particularly religious. on the on the the special day because yeah. midnight mass was kind of the party mass. Yeah, it was the most out there mass you could go to. Terrible analogy, but I'm going to make it anyway. <laughs> It's a Rocky Horror Picture Show you know, of, of, of masses. Of, of Catholic masses, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's only the once one, a year. It's the one you show up with a pretty decent buzz when you get there. It tended to be younger. Yeah. Um, enough, enough of a buzz to get you through the program. <laughs> and sometimes the party <laughs> kept going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because absolutely. what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. It's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day at 1 o'clock in the morning, and uh, you stopped believing in Santa a little while ago, so... Let's continue. Sorry, Jeff. You were you, you were, were shitting on a you were, you were shitting on a rel- an otherwise positive article about the non-religious. There is some hope if they are walking away to a more non-institutional form of Christianity and are liberal. I, I don't remember the lady's name on that podcast. You know, the one that still followed Jesus. Yeah, she didn't go back to evangelicalism like the yeah. other one, but she still loosely identified as Christian. But made a lot of the made a lot of the the standard atheist arguments during the course well, of the conversation. Yeah, and yeah. and her husband is the one that, with the introduction from the host of that podcast, he first said he's atheist, right? And she yeah. said, "No, let me correct you." Yeah, uh, he's an atheist who believes in God, kind of thing. I don't think that was her answer, but I mean, you know, he's yeah, a, he's a vegan who eats steak. Yeah, 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 same thing. So yeah, he's he's a non-theist or whatever, but he still believes in something. So it's that kind of a very squishy kind of belief in something outside yourself, something larger than yourself. But I, I kind of like the idea that the hard stance that the right has taken, uh, the religious right has, has taken, is driving the moderates away to some extent and the liberals even more mm-hmm. so to where it's – when you find faults in, in your church – and, and you kind of, well, they're, they're wrong about that. It's just natural to start wondering, well, what else are they wrong about? If they're wrong about the LGBTQ community or they're wrong about this or they're wrong about, what else are they wrong about? And that just, once that door is creaked, it doesn't tend to shut. Well, and I kind of remember cases. a number of years back when it first started coming out about the, uh, the Catholic priests abusing kids. There was a lot of people, and I'm, I think the writer's name was Anne Rice. 
She wrote a lot of, you know, like vampire kind of. The Anne Rice? The? Like. Now the she fam- turned. The famous Anne Rice? Yeah. The author. Yeah. The vampire author. Yeah. yeah. Like who? a big, like a giant, hugely yes. successful Anne Rice. Yes. Who went, yes. who went big time Christian after writing all those vampire books. Yeah, but then, and she, she was Catholic. But then when that shit started coming out, I think she disassociated herself with the with church. The Catholicism. She didn't walk away from God, but she walked away from the Catholic Church. Now, I don't know if that's still the case. I, you know, I, I haven't followed it. How many years ago was that? Like at least 10 years ago or something like that it's, that that happened? Well, you talking about the spotlight? Article and all that stuff. Well, I mean, where, where she, then? yeah, I mean, where she said on Anne Rice in general. Yeah, well, yeah, where she walked away from the Catholic I Church. I think you were talking to two people who don't know the answers to that oh, question. Well, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, well, for sure. I guess it doesn't really matter. My, my point is there was a, quite a few other people that were doing the same thing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, if this is what the church is about, it's not a holy kind of thing. So I think there was a lot of people that probably walked away. During that time. A lot, yes. The Catholic Church was was losing enrollment at that time, and uh, up till now, still. Right. Uh, at a, you know, an alarming rate due, due to that. Yeah, but uh, is there a difference, though? And this is kind of a rhetorical question because I think I have my own answer to it. But I think there's a difference between walking away and just not going Just anymore. not going anymore. Right. You're not walking away. No longer tied choice. Yeah. Right. But stopping is just kind of inertia. You don't make the decision, I'm not going anymore. You just stop going. One week turns into four, turns into a year. That's that's exactly how it it was in in my family growing up because church came in waves. It seemed like it was never an every week kind of a thing. You were, it was expected that we were going to be there or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's mom would get a wild hair. Next thing you know, we were going to church for a couple months, and it was like absolutely not dad. No, no, got to get got to get the family. You know, the family's drifting apart. Got kind of get the family <laughs> cohesion back together, kind of a thing. Right? Get everybody. You know what? The kids would be like, get everybody in the pew where we're all. Join together yep. in hating this. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You're going to suffer like the rest of us. <laughs> Suffering together. You but know it, what? It, just like you said, I was thinking the exact same thing. It isn't that we ever made the decision, you know, we're not going to church. For, you know, it, it was, we're not going to church today. And then the next Sunday was, we're not going to church today. And then that turned into a series of Sundays. So that, that was a you, stoppage. That yeah. wasn't a walk away. No. Yeah. It, it wasn't necessarily even a conscious decision. Discussion. Right. It wasn't like, we're not going today. No. It's just, and if somebody Oops, didn't ask about it, yeah. and, and kids usually aren't going to ask. Right. <laughs> Are we going to church right. this morning? Hey, how, uh, we're not going uh, to will church. Will you shut the no. fuck up over there? <laughs> like, where was donut day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's it's just anything. You, know, you wake up, there, yeah, I stayed up a little too late last night. Eh, my ankle don't feel good this morning. You, know, you, you start finding easy excuses to, to, to sleep in bed or just, just cook a big breakfast. Don't. You know? I, all it takes is one person. You know, mom, dad, any of the kids, to, particularly in the Catholic households, yeah. you know, just just ramp up that guilt. But if nobody said anything, and it wasn't even like a case where you were sitting around going, you're not going to say anything. You're not saying anything either. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Shut up. You know what? I'm, I can play hockey. Yeah. Maybe it'll be noon before she realizes yes. it's Sunday. <laughs> and then if it's noon, you know you're not going because yeah. the game is on at 1 and yeah, well, the last mass is at 1130. <laughs> so we're there. Yeah, we're good. We're golden. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't walk away. You just 
kind of shrugged your shoulders. You know, you didn't even shrug your shoulders because yeah. that would be a physical act. Yeah. Right. And you didn't want to show anything. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just, it just stopped. Right. It stopped being relevant. It stopped being useful. It stopped everything. Yeah. yeah. You just, you didn't need it. So a walk away is an intentional until protest. Until it had been a while, you know, three months, six months or whatever. Right. And then all of a sudden, this family's going back to church, right. you know, and, and it was usually something, you know, like the middle one did something, then the older one did something, and yep. then the little one did something. Or somebody, oh, that's it. Somebody, even in the extended family, yeah. did something. Oh, or, oh or yeah. You got mom or dad got caught in the line at the bakery, mm-hmm. or at oh. the local oh, grocery store. Seen you in a while. Exactly. Yep. Haven't haven't seen you. Haven't seen you at church. Oh, you know. Yep. Yep. Shit, I got yeah. caught. Yeah, busted. And, you know, you would never know that, young mm. kids. It was just really... Ours, ours seemed to be more of a final straw kind of thing. It was always, this family's going back to church. You know, and, and <laughs> need to, need to yeah. find some goodness. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it was guilt. Maybe it was something that your parents did. Yeah. <laughs> like, this family's going back to church. <laughs> going to hell. Yeah. I messed up. Yeah. We had way too much fun last night. It's time for <laughs> confession. <laughs> Time to get on your knees and pray. You're not done with an article. So this, yeah, you don't think this is good news. No, I'm that, saying I don't believe this is 100% accurate, or at least the implication of it. It's, it's saying they're driving liberals away from religion. I guess it depends on how you define That doesn't religion. make you happy? It, it, it made me happy it until made, he threw a wet rag on it. So, but, you're, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something out of character. I'm going to be the glass half full guy. Oh, no. Yeah, see what jet lag does. <laughs> Optimistic, so, Jerry. Look out. I'm glad you're all sitting down. The lead paragraph, which means it's a very well-written article because it hits you right at the beginning. So it says, a few weeks ago, the Democratic National Committee formally acknowledged what has been evident for quite some time. Non-religious voters, that's us, yep. and you, dear listeners, are a critical part of the party's base. That, my friends, is a capital W-I-N win. So in a one... Wait, not done. Okay. Before you scoff, <laughs> there are there is more positivity coming from me. You shouldn't stop me. Okay. I'm, on, I'm on a roll. Okay. It's like I'm not going to church anymore. <laughs> in a one-page resolution, the fact that they passed a resolution at their annual summer meeting, the DNC called on Democratic politicians to recognize and celebrate the contributions of non-religious Americans. And we talked about this yeah. mm-hmm. on, a, on a previous pod. Who make up what percentage of one Democrats? One-third. One-third. One yeah. A huge voting block. Huge a voting powerful block. voting block. Still not a one, majority. Not but, a majority, but, but a huge one chunk. whose ass must be kissed. And that's my, been my only, oh, yeah. my only desire. <laughs> mm-hmm. And here's the second part, which should put joy... In your porter-soaked dark heart. I moved on to a stout. Sorry. In response, Robert Jeffress, this a Dallas right, yeah. pastor. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> friend, friend, of, friend of Jeff. Oh. With, and, and he even way, has Jeff's name in his I know, last that's, name. I think that's Jeff what bugs Riss. me the most. That's what bugs me the most. I think I think German, oh, yeah. I think Ress is German for hate. Yeah, that guy's so name was Jeff Don Riss. Riss. I would hate And him. by the way, this is an understated line. I want to stress <laughs> that that this is an understated line. A Dallas pastor with close, close ties, ties to, to Dotard. Yeah. And Fox Now close News. ties is like a remora 
sucking on a shark yeah. Oh, yeah. in one of those uh, he's a uh, National Geographic or Jacques Cousteau videos. He appeared on Fox News saying the Democrats were finally admitting they are, quote, a godless, godless party. party. Oh, from way downtown, three yeah. point bang. Nothing that but That is a net. win. Yeah. Nothing but net. Nothing but net. You know, the only I, thing I, would have been better if he'd have called us godless heathens. Oh. <laughs> well, missed opportunity, you know Jeff. Like, I took the shot <laughs> yeah. and I walked away because I knew it was hitting nothing but yeah. net. That's how sweet that is. That is an awesome paragraph for this us. This is like taking a putt and just walking but off the green. Not, Get my ball out of the cup, right. please. Thank you. Mark a three. <laughs> circle that bitch as a birdie. <laughs> <laughs> but but the us in that is a very small percent of the godless party. What he's talking about is anybody that's Damn, outside. I was feeling good for no, a while. No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 10, 15 it's, seconds. It's wet rag time. Yep. It is. <laughs> now, I know it, now I know what it's like to be on the other side of the mic for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's referring to anybody that's non-evangelical is Who? godless. Jeffers. Jeffers, okay. yes. But wait, mistake number one. You are taking anything he says seriously. No, I'm taking it with with some certain knowledge that he does call any kind of liberal Protestant uh, or, you know, godless. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's old news. I mean, the fact that he says that the Democrats are finally admitting they're a godless party, that's like asking us, do you guys believe in God? Well, no. I mean, it's no. A, that is the most obvious statement. But the fact that he has to make it when he makes it, he probably makes it with kind of a kind of a sneer. Oh, absolutely. But it's also kind of an admission of defeat. Well, the article does go on to point out that even in the Democratic Party, the majority of members are still religiously affiliated. They right, make yeah. up a chunk, but it's but still two thirds. Yeah, two thirds would be real. If, if one third is godless, then the two thirds would be. But but Not that's really. what I'm saying. This one third they're talking about non-religious. That's the nuns, and that does not necessarily mean, mean one third are atheists. Right? Yeah, uh, because you could be theist but not necessarily affiliated to a particular that's, religion. That's what I'm saying. You've walked away from the church, but you've not left the idea of God. You you can celebrate you God. May, you in may you nature. may you may right. or right. may have you might not have. And However, yeah. This is also the party that until yesterday, their leadership didn't feel that the current administration had crossed any line enough to talk impeachment. So the fact that they are acknowledging that there is a non-religious, a significant non-religious element to their base. That they need to placate to. They need to kiss our ass. And I, I totally agree. That's the most then, positive then, part then of that article. End of pod. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, it's a bright, sunshiny day. I don't um, want to drop this mic, though. No. I think the hidden gem for me in this was when looking at, at the charts and, and kind of re- looking at just the raw data. If, if you look at it across the board, all of the groups are getting less religious. Uh, the liberals, obviously, they went, uh, the, the main chart in the article shows prior to 1992, around 1990, looks like, all the way up through 2018 or so, liberals made the biggest jump. They went from somewhere around 12% up to about 38%. Uh, so about threefold what, mm-hmm. what it was prior. Moderates went from about 8 to about 22, almost yep, yep. threefold. Very close, uh, but at least more than doubled. 
conservatives doubled the number of non-religiously affiliated. It went from somewhere around six percent to somewhere around you know ten or eleven percent. So or eleven or twelve percent. So right about double the number of even the conservatives would consider themselves to be religiously non-affiliated. Yeah, so they're chasing themselves directly out. It's kind of self-extraction, but it's the one glass half full thing on that for me is if somebody can see the bullshit in the religious thought, then maybe they might be able to see the bullshit in the conservative thought as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially when the two go hand in hand. The actions and the rhetoric that the far-right, religiously far-right is taking is what's driving the liberals away. You know, so I just, just can't to, no longer, I can no longer be a member of this group. Just to paint a picture, mm-hmm. normally, well, not normally, when when you are talking to Jeff like that mm-hmm. and he is thinking, when he's got nothing to say, he looks in the nothing to say corner, that corner right in there. the upper left no, of the room. No, that's a formulation corner. In, in this, not... Oh, sure it is. Yeah. The formulation corner, like the whole time Don was saying that, he was just barreling in on that chart. Yeah. Focused. Never once looked at the corner. Never once. It wasn't like there was a, ever a second where he was like, huh, I'm kind of stumped. I got to think about that. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Straight <laughs> on there because the man has something to say. Nothing but data. That's right. Well, no, yeah. So what, what I was looking at the chart is there's a really steep angle going on, one of the steepest angles for liberals other than 90. Two was a huge steep climb there. Hmm. What happened at that point? Well, you you were saying that was when Clinton. We were looking was... at that because all of them start off with a downward slope. Like everybody went back to church in 1991 for some reason. What happened in 1990? I can understand 2001, the people going back to for some sort of comfort in, in that. But 1990, what happened in 1991? Voodoo economics. Uh, yeah, uh, read my lips. You know. Yeah. What was? Yeah. yeah. And That's then the ninety two look at the history. Is it kind of jumped back up. It, it looks like a stock market ticker. A little up, a little down, but for the most part a steady increase over the last twenty or so years. But what's interesting on the chart though, so twenty sixteen and I think that the the survey went through twenty eighteen. They're not yeah. showing that on the chart, but you see a steep increase. So that's like Trump era 2016 forward. Yes, absolutely. 16, 17, 18, liberals were leaving churches in yep. droves as Dotard was touting the, the religious base. So if you just focus on, 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 mm-hmm. on 16 forward, huge up curve for the liberals. About the same track for the moderates. Not quite as steep, but still. Well, no, I mean, in a, in it looks up, pretty, pretty straight still from 20, mobile, yeah. 2010 still or going up. it was. Interesting. The conservatives they went back to went church, back to church yeah. a little bit. So I, I don't know what all that. Yeah, means. they they dropped from about twelve percent in two thousand sixteen back down to around yeah. eleven or ten percent by yeah, two thousand eighteen. However, who cares about that? Well, no, no. Yeah. I was going to say that's that's interesting of note. What I was focusing on is the big uptick in liberals. So it's like it's not just conservative Christians that are driving this, but mm-hmm. their relationship with the Trump administration, yes. yeah. I think, that's driving that And they had a steady increase, almost church. as steady as the moderates from about 2012 to 2016. They were leaving religion at about the same rate as the moderates were. Right, yeah, they pretty much parallel, yeah. But it's still gone up, and they have taken their baby steps to acknowledge the fact that the... Wide coalition of non-believers. Yeah. Whether you walked away, you're an atheist, you just stopped going, 
is a significant political group who not nearly, obviously, as organized and on message and mm. consistent as the fans of Dotard. Yeah. But we, the collective we, are a group that they cannot ignore right. and need to win elections. So don't piss us off. Oh no no no! Yeah. Or we'll screw you. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah, we that's got, a great we got that's a great position to be no, in, as a like voter. That. It's it's you nice to me. to be needed to be touted to appreciated. be yeah appreciated yeah pandered to even to oh, some extent. Oh god, uh, that. Oh my Can god, you imagine being pandered to? I cannot. Oh, that would be that's the ultimate. Oh, just kill me now. Like being pandered to. the promised land. You know what? I heard you, but can you say it again? Yeah. I just want to remember the, it. The rush, the, the warm rush of pandering that, that, that well, cascaded over it's my never body. Happened. Was, uh, it's never happened before. So what, what, you know the first time is always the best. So what would a pander look like? What would they give us that would be a win for us? Oh. I oh. mean, my, my thing would be, School. you know, yeah, to get the good news club. Get, get, out right, yeah, get church state separation, separation yeah. issues, oh, yeah. big time, big time. Yeah. That's all that stuff. Big yes. time, and that's what you know. The liberal progressive churches are about that as well. So those get those. Those are our partners. Yeah, yeah. get those in God we trust mottos out of out of the school mm-hmm. and all the rest yeah. of that stuff. Get off my money. The benedict yep. the benedictions at, at graduations and and all the rest of that stuff. Yep. Get it out of here. Totally, that'd be tremendous. The reason that most atheists seem to be Democrats or in you know that spectrum is because most of our ideas line up with their ideas. And I think a lot of this is is it's their humanist ideas. You've got you've got the religious liberals. I think a lot of that it, it's a cognitive dissonance almost where they it, it's got to be some sort of a cultural thing that's tying them back to, to the religion. They're they're progressive in, in their in their political thought and everything, but they're still. Tied back. Yeah, but that's the other and it may church. be a very progressive church that, because that's, that's the only one that they can reasonably they can go to and right. sit through a sit through a sermon because they're not going to go to an evangelical sermon where they're you know bashing gays and bashing this and all the rest of this stuff. But um, Andy Stanton Andy Stan doesn't do that. No, yes. no, he, he dresses uh, cool when he does it. Yeah, there's another. He's got sleeves rolled. He's got work to do. He's got the two hundred dollar leather uh, tennis shoes. The next. Graph when it says the more liberal, the more likely to be unaffiliated. Yep. And it goes in order of numbers, and the numbers are striking from extremely liberal to extremely conservative that are unaffiliated. And I would say that the extremely conservative are almost to the li- are probably libertarian types. About eight percent, seven to eight percent of yeah. extremely conservative people. And extreme liberal say like they're not religiously affiliated. Yeah, that's and it's it's. Forty percent higher on the extremely liberal, yep. and thirty-five points higher on the liberal side. If you'd have gave me a blank chart and said, "Just fill in the lines for each of these groups," about I could probably come up with that and pretty pretty gonna, doggone close. We're going to give you seven different categories: yeah. from extremely liberal to extremely conservative, with a moderate thrown in. And you would just—I like, would probably—I'm well, just going to go in order. Yeah, and I, that's exactly. I what would the be chart within says. three to five percentage points on any of those. That's, it just. Flat guessing. Because that's exactly uh-oh. where I would expect Jeff, it to Jeff, be. Jeff, I found a nugget found in here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Nugget. Yeah, so we were wondering about that 92 downturn. They offered a new theory, distaste for the Christian rights involvement with politics. And I remember that in the 90s, that's when they were really, 
Well, I mean, they were involved earlier in that with Reagan, but that's when they rose to power. So it was kind of a pushback about, oh, you're getting involved in politics here. Right, but that honestly seemed to be like a no-shit part of the story because that was revolting then as it is now. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to remember, though, is that when Pat Robertson ran for president? I think it was about 92, right around that time. Yeah, he was like a third... Or did he run on the Republican ticket? I think he in started the primary off. and then didn't got. By the way, something. live googling. Yeah. Sorry, right. it's not. It's oh, it's Bing, eighty-eight. Oh, okay. okay. And now he's a toady and half dead, like the rest of them. Like one other thing, I thought in this too. I mean, there's a paragraph that says liberals becoming increasingly secular as these surveys go on. They're interviewing younger and younger people. Most of those tend to be non-religious from the start. In other words, they never really engaged in church. They didn't have. To, they didn't have anything to walk away from. Right. Those, right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's naturally going to make those numbers come up. They may not necessarily identify as atheists. I don't know if that makes a difference in this conversation we're having here. As long as we're part of a, a power block. Yeah. They they may not necessarily take on the moniker, but. By the definition, they, they would fall into that category. If they had to kind of drill down and, and yeah. answer questions. Here's where the other side is better at this and gets more results than our side. Who is quoted, and now I'm going to adopt my usual role. Is Salty Jer here? He's, he's on the way. <laughs> um, that in this great lead that I touted five minutes ago, who is quoted? Jeffress. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but, and you say, of course, but he speaks for that audience. He speaks for them. He, whether or not you necessarily follow him, he speaks for that voting block. Who speaks for ours? You're right. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Why do you think that he is kind of the go to? Because he has a huge following. He is. A good television guest because he speaks his yeah. warped mind. May not warped. Does he, does he have? Does he have? Warped might be a little. Does he bring less harsh. baggage to the table than a? He brings no. He brings no. Graham he brings or, no scandal. He brings uh, no. Yeah. No pool boys. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Um, oh, that was my next one. He was, walks the walk. But and, and by the way, he was early on the dotard bandwagon and is tight with him. He has access to power, and when he's on TV, TV people bring him back right. because thinking, he says what he thinks. I'm just thinking from the, the non-religious, non the, the kind of the middle of the road, the average Joe who is, isn't very religious but wouldn't consider himself to be an ardent atheist or, or anything along those lines, but just, you know, middle of the road kind of guy. Franklin Graham has a little baggage attached. Uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Yeah. brings a little baggage to the table. Does, is this guy vanilla enough that the average Joe doesn't know who this person is? He does not have a, an arguably more famous dad. That's true. We don't have anyone to speak for us in that respect. No, and, and that... As far as the atheists? Thing. No, as far even as even non-religious, yeah. Oh. I was going to say for the progressive religious, that would be you William know who, Barber. You know who probably is? Bill Maher. He's on the strident side yeah. of the ball, yeah. but he speaks... But you've got enough people on our side of the uh, of the fence that are anti Bill Maher. Same thing. Sam right. Harris, you would say, would speak for us. But there's a lot of people on the left side of the spectrum that are adamantly opposed to Sam Harris. 
Are they adamantly opposed? Absolutely. Yeah, that he's <laughs> kind of gone down some of the dark web kind of stuff. The I think intellectual that's kind of dark web his brand a little bit. I don't. I don't know if the numbers have it dropped did, off. It, it did with me, and I was in this case speaking for myself instead of the atheist as a whole. But since everyone should agree with me, yep. then, then I will tell you. Well, you have podcasts; they should agree with you. <laughs> I, have a, I have. I have a platform. <laughs> we have a Patreon account. Um, we have a standing calendar invite. <laughs> um, what, what, what bigger thing yeah. did you get in, yeah. in 2019? <laughs> this thing makes like $30 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it pays for itself. Yeah, yeah. It pays for itself. We're in the red, not in the Ish. I am more kind of disappointed probably with him. There are things that I agree with him. Well, Sam uh, Harris, you're talking Sam about. Sam Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, if I had to do the where is he on the a scale of 1 to 100 and you can't do 50. Yeah, if you had to make a list of pros and cons. I, it would be, I'd, it would be, I would be on the not a fan side because his beliefs and what he talks about that I'm not a fan of yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. outweigh the things that I agree with him on. And I would not want somebody like him speaking for us because there'd be too many things that I'd be like, Mm-mm. Right, right. It's not a fan. Do we have too much of a purity test problem in the atheist community that that nobody speaks for us because nobody can speak for us because nobody can... Is this right and yeah. I am? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time, yeah. Times yeah. everybody? Yeah. If everybody would just get on the same page as me, this would go a lot it easier. It would be. Uh, but is that part of the issue? Is that no matter who the person is... Somebody in our group is going to have an issue with them. There's nobody that has the authority that a religious leader has where it's just implied. Yep. Shut the fuck up and follow kind of kind of a uh, attitude, which is a, a good thing. Because we're and, free and, thinkers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they're also... But are we too free in that in that nobody is pure enough to unite the base, you know, so to speak? Maybe, because the base is, pretty is more it's, fractured. Yes. But... Those people on our side are also not always the most welcoming because love or hate all the people that we have mentioned, and they're in the con category for all of them. If they give you a framework, if you believe this, you're in. We tend to lecture and chide, and that's where the purity test part can kind of come in. And to some extent, it's almost like everybody... They kind of bring their own, I don't want to say baggage, but there's really not a better term for it. You bring your own baggage to atheism with you. If somebody is Lots not... Of variance. Yeah. Somebody's not Lots down with your baggage. If you're 10 steps to the left and somebody else is eight, that person's a Nazi. You know, because, <laughs> because they're, not, not, no, they're, not, they're not far enough. Particularly in social media, yep. there's, there's an element of that. Absolutely. And then, it's funny because I talked about it with Kelly but on the trip like four or five times these issues have issues have you went on up. vacation and talked to your wife and, the f- well, <laughs> and we talked about things that we, that we kind of fundamentally come at from different perspectives and they weren't arguments but it was clear that we were not on the same page and it doesn't happen in that respect very often so it's a family fight but it's not really a fight but it's definitely Navigation. Looking, looking through things from a 
little bit different of a prism. The, I think I said in the in the signal group that Bill Maher, it went from a must watch to I would only watch certain parts. Right, right. And right. then it was like I'm just going to watch new rules. And then when he ripped on fat people, I was that like, was, that was that, like, what that the really, hell are you doing there? Really pissed yep. me off right. for yep. multiple reasons. I was I was yep. hugely upset by that. One of which not being that you're fat. No, but I was when I was a kid. And those scars never leave you. Ever. What, what I see on the left a lot is when something like that happens, you're down with this person for the most part. But then they come out with a take and you're like, I'm not down with that. You completely write that person off and everything that they've ever said and done is thrown oh, on the, on the well, I mean, trash. You, that, you, that, is her, that is exactly what, what she said. We should like, have her on the show. She, like she knows what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> shouldn't be on there. To you against me. I don't think it's just snap your fingers. I think in this case, very unusual for me as well, mm-hmm. it was a dimmer as opposed to a an but turn it off. off. Boy, yeah. not, not a boycott. But, not, uh, no. It's like, but geez. Still like him not down with this. Bill Maher, he makes People make fun mistakes. of Asians. Yeah. He makes fun of Asians, particularly about driving all the time. It's shitty. And when he makes these jokes, he kind of couches it in, I've got empirical evidence on this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, you drive around Asians. You know how they are. That kind not of... a scientific study. Hardly. There. He's not making Polak jokes, but he's making fun of somebody's driving because of their ethnicity. Right. And it's like, hmm, not down with that. Not cool, dude. And not even, not just from a politically correct perspective, but just, that's... Nah, Kind of shitty when you make these kind of jokes. It's like, eh, you're you're harder to like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there are. I'm, I'm getting my soapbox. Ooh, okay, minute. There are lots of reasons people are heavy, and particularly poor people. And yeah, he made it because they live it, in America where shit food is cheap. Absolutely, right. That's a- the main a- abs- thing. Absolutely, to rip on them for being weak. Yeah. And with no discipline, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, man, fuck you. You're a rich, yeah, you, successful guy that is, you, you know, able a gym to do membership these things. And, Personal yeah. trainer and right. cook right. And, and all those things. And by the way, I'm not begrudging his success. But if he lived like those people did in the places those people did, and I'm not saying that they're all saints, yeah. And can everybody make themselves better? Sure. But that was just a savage, several-minute attack. Right. And single-minded. I, I, I can't tell you how mad. I'm getting mad just thinking about it. Well, the main thing is it was punching down. A bill. Big hard, time. Yeah. Well, and, and Big time. But, like, so he was kind of observing, like, Americans now versus Europeans. Okay. So that was his scientific study. But he didn't do a deep dive on why Americans are becoming heavy. Yeah. Be, you know, because of all these situations you're talking about. So, like, there's reasons for this. Just don't blast off just because you made an observation. Yeah, and the other you know, part is in most of the country and in poor neighborhoods, they're not dropping Whole Foods in there. Right? No. Exactly. You know? yeah. And it's, you know, Mickey, it's Mickey D's and, and Burger King. And, Dollar General. Yeah. You know, and, and Dollar General friggin' everywhere. Right. But the biggest organic grocer in the United States is Walmart. Really? Yeah. Hmm. 
But as we all know, everything that is organic is also a lot more expensive. Right. Yep. So right, the exactly. people who are working at Walmart aren't buying the organic food or $6 gallons of milk and $7 a pound free-range chickens, etc. cetera. Right. They can't afford that. So before you start throwing stones, there are some systemic reasons for it. Right. But back around to the original point, he speaks for atheists and sometimes maybe too stridently. Does he speak for atheists? You know what? Or is he self-appointed? He does. Or just as an atheist and a celebrity, he just naturally speaks for atheists. But he has a platform for his atheism. Well, you could say the same thing. He he speaks for pot smokers. In the same way. In the the exact same way. In the same way. If you remember his interview with Obama, which was a few years ago, something like that, he brought up atheism to Obama, kind of challenge him on, you know, if, if that's something that, you know, he was okay with and all that. So he does kind of challenge power to consider, you know, atheism as you know, a valid option. So, so I appreciate that. He's also really negative about religion. Like, yeah, anti. Yeah. Like anti-religion. Whether or not you agree with them, it doesn't always do our cause any favor. It doesn't help... His atheism has uh, has a certain amount of bile at- attached to it. You could say it, it, it has it has a, a venom. Yeah, it's, well, it, it's, it's uh, I think Jeff said it was anti-religion. When he goes on those kind of rants, there'll be times when I'm kind of nodding my head, and then it's like, mm, like okay, far. like I'm the audience, I'm done now. And I agree with you, and I'm 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 a little done. Now. Yeah, and how many real atheist leaders weren't that kind of strident? Other than maybe Silverman. Because Madeline Marie O'Hare, God rest her soul. Yeah. Uh-huh. Big time strident. Oh, and Most and, hated woman in America, yeah. she was Are you called. saying Silverman wasn't strident? I think he was I think very he was. anti-theist. He was not, to me, in what I saw. She wore, what do they call the bad guys and gals in wrestling matches? The heel. She was an atheist heel. And she reveled in it. it I was, think he was, too. Before he went away, and he's coming back, did you see... I have to mention this because it, was, it created a shitstorm on, on social media this past week. Did you see what he did recently? Did not. He went on Sargon of Akkad's show and talked Me Too and New Feminism and basic shit show. How did uh, that go? Not very well at all. Well, and then um, he just recently tweeted. Too this would be about, no different than him going on like Alex Jones and Infowars, right, right. Yeah, and talking kind of about level, yeah. the Me and Too. He's movement. proud of it. He yeah. tweeted about. Did you follow yeah. him on Twitter and stuff too? I or? don't follow him on Twitter, but okay. I I did see where some of his tweets were reposted. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's doubling he's, down on shitbaggery. So that, I mean, that's where you have to come to the conclusion. Just because you've given up an idea of a god doesn't mean you're going to be checking all the other boxes yeah. necessarily. And for, and, for and, sure not. But Silverman went on the enemy and argued our cause. Bill Maher doesn't do that. Bill Maher's got his own forum. Mm-hmm. He runs it. When you're religious, you're entering into his octagon. Right, Silverman right. Take lead, went into theirs. Yeah, he went on Fox News. Right. Yeah, he yeah, he would, yeah, he would do that. And, and yeah. that. and that was one thing that I liked about him was that Me he too. would go. Sorry. People say, why would you go on Fox News? He goes, they send a limousine. They they put me in a green room with some nice food and a gift basket. They treat me nice and they put me on the air. And, and yeah, and, and I I'm get not to, preaching yeah, to the converted. Yeah, right. and I and I get to talk directly to Fox News' yeah. audience. And you get uh, for well, ten minutes or whatever well, it is. What's you his know? name? Bill. Bill. Uh, what's his face? Where he said the Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, 
Time goes in, time yep. goes out. Can't yep. explain that. Yep. Yeah, you can. It's called the moon, dumbass. <laughs> you know, uh, classic moment. Great yeah. moments in atheist history. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, there's that meme of Silverman's face when he said that. Time goes in, time yeah. goes out. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, can't explain that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he could have chosen a worst venue to go on than Sargon of Akkad. I'm not. When he's I've never heard of him, but I guess he's kind of a wacko. Sar- um, he is. He's British. I think he's. I know he's European. I think he's British. He's the one that told the woman, "I wouldn't even rape you." He tweeted that. Look that. Yeah, up. I know he's got controversial. I, I'm, I'm sure our listeners know more about Sargon of the Cod than, than, than y'all two do. He, uh, Thomas Smith from Thomas and the Bible podcast, uh, did a debate with him at the Mythicist Milwaukee. Oh yeah, they got you remember a lot that? Of baggage. You remember that? There, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That no, no. that whole shit show from a few years back. Yeah, that kind of put Sargon. Took them on. The... He put him, at least put him on my map. He could have done no worse if he'd have went on. Info Wars right. and yeah, talk kind to, of a, you know to Alex Jones for thirty minutes about feminism and and the Me Too movement. It just no worse of a of a platform. So than, does than that? So on. does that diminish? I'm not trying to take the long time and ramping up. I'm trying to be quicker with my thoughts. Okay. No, I'm jet lagged. Does that make his previous life as the head of the atheist maybe less impactful? Because. Are, are we seeing his true self, or is he going to the only place that will have him? That's a good question. See, I, I, I think because I think yeah. it's the same kind of thing that happened with Harris. Is like he didn't have, from my understanding, when I used to listen to his podcast, very many controversial uh, interviews until he started kind of Douglas dabbling Murray. with Douglas Murray and some that, of these other that, ones. The whole thing went off the rails with right. Douglas Murray, and, and same thing with Dave Rubin. Yes, he started to go off the rails and interview these. Did you see where people. Dave Rubin is now? The Blaze. On uh, the Blaze, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I think. I think David Silverman, judging by his tweet and stuff, and I think he's angling to become the next Dave Rubin. That's kind of my really? theory. He Classical wants to have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Because, yeah, in one of his tweets, he said, I'm done with that. the regressive left. It's like, fuck you all. I'm yeah. done with uh, feminism. It's almost like I'm, I'm done apologizing to you shit bags I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing I'm gonna I'm gonna be me kind yeah. of well, kind of an that, attitude but the worst part of that is that like the in a similar situation the people on the last show podcast where they were religious recording artists and had to kind of sacrifice their audience for the sake of the you know their beliefs even though right. yeah, they're kind of all over yeah. the board these guys have enough faith and confidence that there's an audience for that type of shit. They are not abandoning their audience. Arguably, they found it and they're following, you know, the audience is following them or they have realized that this message works for a significant number of people. I'm pretty convinced that a lot of these folks end up believing their own bullshit because of follower numbers and retweets oh, oh, and advertisers. Yeah. Like, and pat on the backs. Like, yeah. Hey, good job. Right. You know, like Jordan Peterson would be a good example exactly. of that kind of bought into his own. Well, yeah. Ruben, uh, yeah. for sure. Sam Harris. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sam Harris. I mean, look, they, these they all have large constituencies where it's a it's career. It, oh, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a business. Yeah, yeah. So 
there's an audience for this stuff. It's not network news audience, which is still pretty significant, but there are people that want to hear this stuff, and when they find it, they're going to give them just kind of like the YouTube algorithm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, going to, they're going to give them more of the same, and it's eventually going to get more strident. It's, it rarely right. goes in the other direction. And these are the people who are going to pull more people away from a progressive Democratic Party, too. Hmm. Uh, because they, they seem to be, they may not identify themselves that way, but libertarian-ish. Not voting for a Democrat regardless. That's an interesting question. The one part of this article that I think is the first paragraph was as good as it was and nailed it. The last paragraph, they quote somebody else that said this demographic shift to the nuns is, quote, already reducing church's ability to bring a diverse array of people together and break down partisan barriers. That, in his view, threatens to further undermine trust in religious groups that make our politics more and more divisive. Mm -hmm. We have very few institutions left in this country where people who have different political views come together. Mm -hmm. Worship was one of those, and without it, the list is smaller and smaller. I think that is false beyond belief. Really? I mm. do. Well, here's the part. So you, you don't think the right and the left are going to their own echo chambers? I think to some extent. churches were and are the biggest echo chambers there ever okay. were. Okay. Right. I, I, okay, I see what you're saying. You right. know, that, yeah. you know, and w- it was MLK that said the most segregated day of the week was Sunday? Sun- yeah. So this whole idea that churches brought a diverse array of people together. No. No. Mm-mm. No, no, just the opposite. No, they brought no. Irish Catholics and Italian Catholics together. Pretty much, yeah. And, and, <laughs> you know, you know, and, Jeff, and Jeff's, <laughs> going, yeah, yeah. Jeff's going, yeah. man, I belonged to a church for a while that had a really diverse... No. Divert, no. no. Yeah, yeah. Is, is it all white people or all yeah. black people or all this people or all that people? I never felt the rainbow coalition in any church that I went to. Right. No. Yeah. yeah, I just don't remember in my days of going to church, the po- well, in the latter days, yes, you know, where politics Jeff, were really... like you did go to a lot of churches yeah. later on, though. You I mean, in the... Church in the, shopping in a you were, big You were way. like the guy at Baskin Robbins who just filled up on samples. You, you, you know, never I'm bought a fucking coat. I want to... <laughs> taste of all 31 well, flavors. Yeah, let me try that pistachio again. Yeah. I'm full. I don't know. Let me, let you know me. what? I don't like ice cream. Can I try Rocky Road? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with ice cream. Yeah. So, but if, if I were to kind of drop myself back into the 90s when we lived in Kansas City and went to a Presbyterian church, I don't remember politics being on the topic the of discussion. Certainly not from the pulpit, but even like in small groups and stuff. Just small that talk all, amongst parishioners. It just wasn't a it thing. It wasn't yeah. a thing, yeah. And so that part has but become But you knew more, that there were churches that were more conservative. No. Not even theologically? Really? Not, was, at, not at that point. That stuff wasn't really on the radar. Um, huh. There were no, you, you know, mega every church churches. was like yours? Huh. Or what did you, did you, not, not, not necessarily politically, politically. But there definitely were, especially maybe in Catholicism, there was hardcore churches, and there were more loosey-goosey churches. Presbyterians versus the Methodists versus the Episcopals versus the whatevers, they were various levels of hardcore. But you're talking theology, well, the, though. The, you're well, not the Catholic talking... Church is almost more the, the individual priests, at, because... 
with the Catholic Church, everything comes from the home office. The reading is the reading. You can go to your church or you can go to the church, you know, down the down the street or in the next town. It's going to be the same reading at every Catholic church on on Sunday. Oh, and every I feel like I, I usually I usually get these facts about the religion that I was raised in from Jeff. From Jeff, yeah, yeah. But no, it would be you know if I didn't it, know that it didn't matter which Catholic church you went to, the reading was the same on on Sunday morning and, and really? everyone, yeah. yeah, the liturgy, yeah, yeah the, the, the liturgy. The priest didn't come up with oh we're going to sing this hymn. No, no, oh, that, a, that came that came from memo come from the archdiocese. Yeah, that, yeah, straight from the Never archdiocese. Knew that. Yeah. yeah, they have a rotation of scripture reading. So everything was Never everything was the same. The only thing that was different was really the kind of the spin that the priests would put on the sermon. For how they let them know it was all published. It's been published it, for oh, like was it was well, in the nineties. They would send a fax. I mean, I'm sure today it's an email. <laughs> no, they have. <laughs> who knows? Fourteen hundreds was a carrier Snapchat. pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Well, they would have yeah. a book for that. That, that would yeah. show, you know, on this day, and it like a two or three year rotation, something like that. But you'd walk in, you'd see, you, you had that board that had, we're going to sing this hymn, we're going to sing this hymn, sure. we're going to have that reading. I that mean, board, I thought, it, I thought it was individual. No, that church. board was the same but, in every way, church this, on Sunday the morning. The subtitle of most of this yeah. is a religious, uh, an atheist podcast where I learn all kinds of things about my religion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Never knew. <laughs> and we're afraid yeah, never, to ask. Never yeah, knew. But, but, to, but, but to, the only difference was when. After the readings, when when the and I don't even know if they even called it a sermon, but the the, the priest would have their you know, yeah. their little time where they would you know give their little sermon for lack of a better term. That was really the only wiggle room of the service that they had. And if it was Father John instead of Father Steve, it might be a little more fire yeah. and brimstone. Which, you know, where Father Steve may be a little more you know Michael row your boat ashore. You Father know. Stanislaus versus Father Joe Cool. Okay, but but getting back to what we were we we're talking about as far as as more conservative churches, certainly you know in Kansas City there were Southern Baptist churches as well. So we knew theologically there were more conservative churches, but politically that was still at a time when Baptists uh, you know were church-state separation. This was before the rate you know the rise of you know the religious right that started changing that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that. Politics weren't really a part of the church's venue. It was strictly talking about church yeah. stuff. In so, well, you could now, strictly, but you could strictly, you know, for that they, they hour. They would preach that strictly. give unto, was it, do, give unto, unto Caesar's? Others. No, oh. the Caesar and the Lord thing, you know. Um, give unto Caesar, what's Caesar? What is Caesar's and give unto the Lord, what, you know, that kind of a thing. You know, that was, you had churches that preached church-state separation. This is not the place for politics. Politics is not the place for religion. You would hear that. Not nowadays. Yeah, but there were still like-minded people that, you know, yeah. that it, it may not have been overt that this was a conservative church or this was a, a groovier church, but you knew. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody was just playing along to get along? Hmm. I don't know. I, I think people would be church shopping if they wound up at a church that you did more church shopping than probably anybody that we know. So wait, what do you? He might, be, he might be looking at the corner. He so. is. He's staring no, at so the I, I lost what question you were asking about that, though. You said they didn't. They didn't talk about politics early on. Yeah, right. But they they didn't talk about it. They were part of this church or that church for a reason. Yeah, it, there it, was it, a commonality of belief, right, yeah. not just well, for the hour there, but outside of it as well. well the other hours of the week as yeah. well, too. Yeah, if you showed right. up at a church that was overtly political. And far right wing, 
You probably didn't hang around at that church very long if you didn't you showed subscribe. Up at, you showed up at an old money church. Yeah. And you weren't old money. Okay. But and you, quote, didn't really belong there. So that, they didn't give you the chance to self-extract yeah. yourself. Right. <laughs> so I, I talked about this last time. But it was like when we first moved. So we were mainline. Ding, you know, our, our whole life. So, we no, we never went to a Southern Baptist church because we kind of knew they were a little bit more conservative theologically than what we yeah, were. Yeah, absolutely. So when, when we moved here, we went to look for a Presbyterian church because that's what we moved from. Mm-hmm. And first one we went to was Midway Presbyterian Church, mm-hmm. which we didn't know what the hell a PCA was versus PCUSA. But we could tell theologically this ain't the place for us. So, I mean, there wasn't any discussion okay. about politics that made us uncomfortable. It was, oh, you don't, you don't uh, allow women equal position at your table here. You don't have women pastors. You don't even have yeah, them. But if, not, but if they're not allowing that in their church, it's not an hour, sorry, yeah. an hour a week that yeah. they feel this way. That, that, that vibe permeates their life, which is why they go to church there. It's not the church doesn't dictate how they live, it's how they live dictates the, the church, church that they, they go, to. go to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because um, like, like when we were Jeff, talking about your with, experience may vary. No, yeah, because I'm, I'm saying with, I'm totally ensconced in, in Jerry's camp on this one. But no, I'm saying like Tom was raised. I keep pointing to this chair like he's because he there. sat there one time. He did. Right. <laughs> he, he was one of the actual ones we invited that showed up. Yeah. Whenever we talk about Tom, we just point at the chair. Yeah. So we need to have back. <laughs> But so he was kind of raised in that environment. So that was the water he swam in. So it's not like he had a choice to go churching, you know, church shopping. But, but no, but if all else. of a sudden, I don't want to pick on Tom. And we, we, we talk about Tom like he's the, the fourth heathen or something. But just kind of is. He kind of is. Yeah. Not, okay, I'm just going not Tom. Fictional person, okay? <laughs> if, th- if this person was raised in a particular town of church, and like you said, I like that phrase, this was the waters that he swam in, okay? Right. And all of a sudden, this person got a job in whatever, Kalamazoo. He had to move. That person would church shop for a church that was the waters Just that like he was familiar swimming right. in. And if he and went into a progressive Lutheran church, he'd say, that's Ooh, not, they allow a women ooh, pastor. This that, is not. Well, I'm, it's a little too hard to dog pedal in this water. I need to. I need to find something else. And they yeah. would move on until they found a church that fit their beliefs. But yeah, so it's not they're bringing their beliefs to the church. No, the church, absolutely not. You know, has the same kind of water that they were used to. Some isn't people. That well, the, isn't that the definition of bringing your beliefs to the church? Because that's you're going to go. To what aligns with your beliefs? You're not going to go to the church and go, "What do they believe?" You did, yeah. Like, but most people don't. Like, they don't go to a church and say, "What do you believe?" No, okay, I guess I'll believe that. Here's what I believe. Does the church that matches that? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but again, it comes from how you're raised, how you, you know, the churches you went to in your past history. Mm-hmm. So you want to keep swimming in that same water. You don't want to go from fresh water to salt water. No. Yeah, but people, but people as adults move churches. They leave churches and join new ones that better and that align be with as their, their beliefs. Yeah, and that may be as their, their beliefs evolve, as their beliefs okay. change. They may go from a more strident church to, to a more progressive church. Or they may go in the other. Vice versa. Or they may go in the opposite direction. A real good example of this, and and I guess this could have been my uh, recommendation, recommendation, Ah. is a book I just finished called Godland, Survey of Faith, Loss, and Renewal in Middle America by Lynn 
Liz. Or Liz Lenz. And L-Y-Z is her first name, and L-N-Z is her last name. And you've heard of her before. I guess she's written a lot of stuff for different newspapers and things. I'm a fan. Yeah. She is a... Is that a real name? Yeah, is that looks a, like Elizabeth. Yeah. Liz, oh, okay. Yeah. L-Y-Z. L-Y-Z, yeah. I don't know if it's that's her... Name. The way you spelled it just name. sounded like a, a pseudonym. Like a, a no, no, I think that is her, I think she's using, using her real name. Hmm. What's, what I found interesting about this book is that's kind of what we're talking about here is she was kind of brought up evangelical, and so that was a water she swam in. She married somebody that was in that same kind of vein. Her views started to, you know, where she kind of questions, like, the women pastor thing. How is this part women? of the book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of her story. And and this is all kind of based in the Midwest. I think she was born in California, but she was real young when her parents moved to one of the Dakotas. And then she moved to Minneapolis. And then the last transfer her husband got was to Iowa. And that kind of piqued my interest, too, is because the town she lives in is actually where I grew up, Cedar Rapids, Marion area. So her views started to change on, you know, she started questioning the theology of the church. And so her husband stayed firm. They started, I mean, so they, she got tired of this one church that they went to, Evangelical Church. So they started their own house church in, in Marion. And because same thing, well, they because they wanted to kind of create their own thing. It's just like anything else. If, if you can't find it in the marketplace, free market. you do it yourself. It's a free you know? market, yeah. Can't she find and her husband barbecue and joint, another, you cook your own. Yeah. And, and another couple started this church there. And same thing is that conservative theology was, no, I'm sorry, you cannot be, you can just be the pastor's wife kind of thing. And at the same time, this is when, you know, her husband was a big Trump fan and all that. So, and her political leanings were the opposite of that. So... Are they still married? No. no. Okay, no, I was going to say. And so basically she ended up... I don't up, know how I saw that writing on the wall. So she kind of walked away from the church for yeah. a while, but then gradually went back to a progressive, I think it was a Lutheran church, because it was more in line with her views. So, yeah, I mean, so she would be an example of somebody that her views just always kind of rubbed the wrong way. Yeah. So she always had kind of a... Kind of uh, like a nagging... Yeah, that that this male hierarchy thing is, kind of thing, there's yeah. something wrong with this. And so she finally found a home. Something's fishy in Denmark. That Yes, I think uh, the, the, the pastor, I can't remember if the main pastor was gay or the associate pastor, but they embraced the LGBTQ, where, you know, her husband's church was all against that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so she found herself a home where she's happy. Did you like the book? I did, because the other thing that I kind of learned that I suspected from it is how the church has changed in Iowa since when I lived there. When I lived there, it was all pretty much the mainline churches. Yeah. You know, Lutheran, Methodist, Catholic, Congregational Church. Um, that stuff is all that was around there. And it's interesting, I, I was telling you guys before we went on the air, my grandmother lived out in the country near a town called Belle Plaine. And every once in a while, she would take us to church. And she, there was a little church in town. It was a congregational church, so mainline church at that time. So it wasn't conservative. It was just kind of middle of the road kind of thing. Yeah, not your turn and burn kind of. A... And so it's kind of a small town. So there's also a Lutheran church and a Catholic church. So those three churches. But what's changed, and she talked about you know how it's changed in Cedar Rapids as well, were these evangelical, there's a lot of mega churches, but there's a lot of these little small church plants also. Hmm. So a little tiny Belle Plaine, Iowa, which I don't even know if they have anything downtown anymore, you know, because most of these farm communities are pretty much dried up. But there's an evangelical church plant there. 
in Little Bell Plain, Iowa. So, you know, they're making the, they've made inroads into what used to be Middle America. So, you know, when they used to, Iowa, they used to think was kind of, you know, a good signpost for the rest of America. Mm. And anymore, it's, it's kind of changing. Mm-hmm. No, it actually is. But it's, it, but it still kind of is. It's still a signpost for America. Yeah. It's, America's yeah. changing. You just yeah. don't like what the sign says. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Because there's been that evangelical influence, and that's why there's a lot of Trump voters still in Yeah, we'll see. In middle. You know, we'll see. Steve yeah. King is from there, but he almost lost. To the, yeah, he, one of my favorite articles from Liz Lenz was in the Columbia Journalism Review, a feature on Tucker Carlson. Oh, interesting. And we'll Friend put it the in the... Put, yeah, put a big time friend of the pod, um, homie of the pod. It's called honorary the, fourth heathen. You know, we should invite Tucker Carlson. It'd oh, be such a, a great interview. I'm wearing a bow tie right now. <laughs> no, he stopped doing the bow ties long ago. But if you don't like Fox News or Tucker Carlson, I highly recommend the Mystery of Tucker Carlson oh, by wow. Liz Lenz. Shoot me a link. I'll put a I'll put a link into it in and I the have, show notes. I have a recommendation. One of the many movies I watched on the flights back, back and, and forth, forth to, to England um, was the and it's an older movie. Uh, was the documentary on Amy Winehouse. Oh wow! Um, and I believe it was nominated for an Academy Award, and I totally understand why because I wasn't even a, a huge fan. I knew that she was talented. I yeah. knew of her. I knew, like everybody else, her foibles. But this was a really moving and sometimes hard to watch because you know how it ends. Yeah. Right? Right. And you see how it leads up to that. And in, in, in you, a lot of ways. You kind of see all the warning signs along the way. Heartbreaking. Oh, you know, yeah. Hard, you know, bad. But there's one part of this where... They show comedians, talk about punching down, tap dancing on her conditions. Addictions. and Addictions. Yeah. Bulimia. Mm-hmm. You know, alcoholism. It was basically, you're weak and a loser for you, you're making bad decisions. And it wasn't that, wasn't that long ago. No. And George Lopez was one of the people that made a really nasty crack. When they make the announcement for the Academy Awards and the Grammys, they always do it in the morning. So they hit the morning shows and they do it live. And she was nominated for Best Album of the Year at her kind of artistic peak. And when they announced the nomination, he made this really snotty crack about her drinking and her bulimia. Mm. And it was like, wow, that's seeing it with 2019 eyes. Damn, that is Jay Leno made a really nasty crack. There's yeah. a couple of British comedians that were that were making fun of an illness. Not a very Bill Maher like yeah, yes. say the yeah. bad shaming kind not of thing. Not a, yeah. not a not just a, a personal weakness and if you just sucked it up, if you didn't cave into your demons, loser, yeah. Yeah. that you wouldn't be this way. Where if she'd have had a broken leg and people were making cracks about her broken leg, they're like, You're a fucking yeah, asshole. Why are you being why yeah. are you being such a jackass? Yeah. And she made it easy because she absolutely had demons and she made bad decisions and there were people around her that were 
blood-sucking leeches, particularly people in her family. They didn't speak up. But, and... but, well, no, no, exacerbated it. Oh. Exacerbated wow. it and used her as a cash cow or, yeah. you know, as their brush with fame. And But to make fun of that, you'd never do that in 2019. And for all the political correctness culture, that part, I think, is a part, good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But you won't necessarily feel great about the world when it's over but it's a really good really good documentary highly hmm. recommend it hmm. uh, real quick uh, actually my not only is my recommendation quick the actual recommendation itself is quick it's 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 a short documentary it's called beneath the ink it's about a tattoo artist in zanesville ohio that started a policy and initially it was just 50 he was going to do 50 people where if you have a racist tattoo he will cover it up for free and, and the documentary is about a guy that that comes in that has a swastika on his belly and a clansman on his back and he did free cover-up work. He just gave a shirt? No. He covered the tattoos with what new tattoos. Bunk. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> Cover that up. What are you doing? Serious question. Does he take, like, donations for that stuff? I, I, I don't would, know. I, I would, would assume totally I would, to that, that, that seems like a, that a worthy cause yeah, absolutely. To, to throw the guy a couple of bucks. You know, absolutely. Yeah, we could Google yeah. that shit. See if, or not Google. DuckDuckGo that shit. DuckDuckGo it. Yep. See if there's like a Patreon or something. But um, and th- this is not necessarily a a recommendation, but we got an email that that came into our godlessheathens at yahoo.com uh, email account, and I, I wanted to read it. I know I, I know Jerry's been kind of out of pocket for the last week, being being over in Britain, so I'm sure he didn't see it. And I, I, I don't am. think you've ever logged into our email account. I so <laughs> I know you have. You know seen what? It. We could we could have we could have conversations about the pod, just you and I on our, our email. connected yeah. email account. On the, on the, he would <laughs> never. We could it. talk so much shit about him on you the Godless would Heathens. Update me on Signal though. So oh no, absolutely. No, the whole we, point we would, would be if we wanted to cut you out of a yeah. conversation. If we there was a way that we could fine. we could have we a private conversation fine. that we knew you wouldn't see, um, we would use our public email account. Yes. Okay. You have access to. The password, you have the ability to get to it. <laughs> You're teasing me now. Let me just pre-warn you. I'm going to read this exactly as it's written. I, I will not make changes to the grammar. Okay? Quite an I, want, I, want, I want you to get the feel for the email. All right. All right. I send this email praying it will find you in good condition Wait, of health. Praying? You're already stopping me. We're one uh, sentence yeah. in. Right? Are we playing? Oh, it gets better. I send you this email praying it will find you in good condition of health since I myself are in a very critical health condition in which I sleep every night without knowing if I may be alive to see the very next day. I am Miss Ruby Williams Johnson, a widow suffering from long-time illness. I have some funds inherited from my late husband, the sum of $11 million. My doctor told me recently that I have serious illness, which is cancer problem. That cancer problem, that's a son of a bitch. It'll get you every time. What disturbs me most is my stroke sickness. Having known my condition, I decided to donate this fund to a good person that will utilize it in a way that I am going to instruct herein. I need a very honest and God-fearing person who can claim this money to use it for charity works for orphanages, widows, and also build schools for less privileges that will be named after my late husband, if possible, and to promote the word of God and the effort of the house of God is maintained. 
Okay, so she wants hey, God fearing. I'm not done. There's another paragraph. This uh, isn't okay. Stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want a situation where this money will be used in an ungodly manner. <laughs> That's why I'm taking this decision. I'm not afraid of death, so I know where I'm going. I accept this decision because I do not have any child who will inherit this money after I die. Please, I want your sincerely and urgent answer to know that you will be able to execute this project. I will give you more information on how the fund will be transferred to your bank account. I'm willing for you to reply. Please kindly reply to me in private email. And she gives me her email. I don't care. RubyWilliams266 at gmail.com. Is a different email than the one she used to actually To send it from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, completely different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. May God bless you. Miss Ruby Williams. Now you need to read this sometimes. You need to read it with a Russian accent. That's in. <laughs> I accept this decision because I do not have any child who would inherit this money after I die. <laughs> oh, I was going to do it in Nigerian. I thought it was maybe the new Nigerian well. prince kind of kind of thing. But I wanted Please to take... kindly reply me in my private email. <laughs> I, I didn't necessarily want to reply to the email, but I did want to just in case. It's on the up and up. chance. Then Miss Ruby Williams is a listener to the podcast. First of all, you do realize that this is the Godless Heathens podcast that you sent this email to. That yeah, no. Get her to put the eleven million in our Patreon. That's what I'm saying. Let me let me point you to Patreon.com forward slash Godless Heathens. We do have that transfer. What you can do is you can go on and you can become a patron of the podcast at the rate of eleven million dollars per episode. And after one episode. Just stop your patronage. No need for a bank account. Because, by the way, she if be you do that, then. that'll be the end of the podcast. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> it'll be yeah. all over. We'll be on some island We're somewhere. taking our 2.33 uh, or whatever it is each and uh, moseying on down the so road, Miss Ruby Williams. feel free to Patreon us, um, all rich Russians uh, yeah. trying to scam us, or but, just email us at godlessheathens at yahoo.com or Twitter. At Godless Podcast, or this alleged group that I've never seen on Facebook, on, on the Facebook, the Godless Heathens Podcast Discussion Group. <laughs> this is the this is the Facebook group that you've never seen that you're actually an admin to. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what a country! <laughs> All right, so also iTunes. Stop what you're doing. Pull the car over to the emergency lane. Log on. Go to iTunes. And give us five stars. Stir it up. Stir it up. Give it, yeah, by all means, leave leave a leave a message. You know, leave leave a, us a, a review. We'll read it. It, it. Even if it's in Russian, it doesn't would, matter. We it, it can be it. in broken Russian. Yeah. Uh, but but definitely leave us the five stars. And uh, also, you can find us on Podbean, our YouTube, the Overcast. Yeah. Over it. Say it. Say it all out. Yeah, you can't I, say I, it. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm on Android. I have no idea what it you're talking about. It is the preferred iOS podcast of. 63 or 66.67% of the godless heathens. <laughs> I would not know. Remember, it's better because Don can't use it. I've never even seen it. So, yeah, so we're not inviting Jesus down here anymore. Um, I'm mad at, mad at him. Well, you're atheist. That, that goes without saying. Yeah. You're mad yeah. at Jesus. You don't know if it's him either. Yeah. Well, there's just too many versions. We'd have to have like a dozens of chairs in here to accommodate all the variations of Jesus. Jeff of a cod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Sorry, oh, that was a super low blow. That was, talk about punching down. Yeah, big time. Oof. Like right on the top of your toes. Oh, my goodness. But Sorry, who does I, have an invitation? I interrupt your rhythm. Yeah. So, yeah, so who I would love to have on the podcast would be Greta Thunberg. Definitely Robert Jeffress doesn't like because, you know, he... Hey, if Jeffress doesn't like her, I'm down. Well, he said it's an easy, you know, that she just needs to read Genesis 9, you know, where God did the rainbow and promised he'd never flood the earth again. Oh. It's rainbows, Jeff. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple. It's okay, just, we're gonna, we are going to have the next podcast. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to find each other. We're going to put money in, in a, a jar, jar. <laughs> like dollars, paper, any any time that guy gets mentioned. Mention him. You put a buck it's on like the a table. Swear word? It's a, yeah, yeah, it's like the fuck jar. You, yeah. It's the Jeffers yeah. jar. Yeah. Every time, Jeff. every time you mention but, Robert Jeffers, you, you know have to put a dollar in the jar. Your word could be evangelical. We could find words for us. Yes. Yep. That that we say with the same amount of frequency as you say evangelicals. And I think I know throw, what mine we is. Throw the money. <laughs> we throw the money in the pot, and it goes to a charity at the end of it. There so you go. You have to pay for your. Sins. Can I just prepay twenty dollars and, and you know, cover you yourself for run, run a credit? couple episodes? Just go, Jeffress, 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 Jeffress. Sorry, Jeff, yes. you were saying. So anyway, yeah, she was at. The, okay, I don't want to go into a long story, but you know, she was at the UN talking about climate change, climate change, and got snubbed by Jeffress, got snubbed by. Trump, big time. He basically did like a bully thing on, right. on Twitter. Just right. walked out. You know what? So fucking what? I get the outrage. I don't understand how you of all people can still find it in your heart to be outraged by what he does. It is just, it is, I know. it is yeah, there's no to yeah. me. There is like no I read bomb. the headline that after 15 minutes he got up and walked out of a climate you know, discussion. You would, I'm like, that's totally on brand. It would be more shocking if he stayed for the whole if, thing. If he shook her and, hand and said, yeah. you know what? You make some good points. Yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're doing... You're very doing articulate for you your are. age. Yeah, you, you know, are. Yeah. That, you, know, you might die of a grabber right on the spot. Him and his ilk, like, I don't know who... I don't, you know what? I'm not going to name his name, but there was... He shall remain they, nameless. Yeah. He who should what? not be named. Yeah, they, you know what? They all should be Voldemort when they use their pulpit, no pun intended, to troll people like that. And him being the crude, obnoxious boor that he always is. I don't expect any different. Well, so but, I'm trying not to be surprised. Hand, so I'm thinking about It's a Wonderful Life. You know, when the bells rang on the Christmas tree, another angel got his wings. Yeah. So when he who shall not be named and Trump do shit like this, another liberal leaves religion. How about that? Uh, maybe a maybe actually a conservative does. That'd be even better. That would be even better because we want we want diversity. Yeah, one moderate, two uh, one 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 conservative, two moderates, and, and three liberals. All Walk into religion. a bar. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a couple of them get a drink. But on that note, <laughs> we'll see y'all in a couple of weeks. All right, take care, man. Godzilla is my friend.
Some of them at the party and the devil is my friend And the devil is my friend 